Good morning, and uh, it's good to be with you this morning. And if you have your Bibles ready, if you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 3, and we'll read this passage together. So let's read God's Word together, starting at Joshua 3, verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenants of the Lord, all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now, then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who are carrying the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set your feet in the Jordan, its water flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is in full flood all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in heaps, a great distance away at the town called Adam, in the vicinity of Zarathan. And while the water's flowing down to the sea of the Arabet, that is, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, and the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenants of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. And while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Well, God will add his blessing to that reading. And I want you to notice that throughout that reading, it was confirmed more than once that God was with them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here with us this morning and we ask your blessing upon us as we look at this passage together. Just teach us, lead us and guide us that your word might speak to us. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage that we've just read 
chapter 3 of Joshua, I'm really going to concentrate more on the passage from verse 14 through to 17. And the title I've put on this is God with us, and he has been with us and always will be. Last week, we heard the sad news of the death of Jerry Marsden, who was known for his recordings of the songs You'll Never Walk Alone and Ferry Cross the Mersey. So listening to the radio, and it was the Jeremy Vine show, and people from all over the country were phoning in to that programme, and they were phoning to speak of how these two songs brought back treasured memories, treasures memories that they had of Liverpool, of the city of Liverpool, of the people of Liverpool, and yes, of the team Liverpool, but more the city and the people. A line from You'll Never Walk Alone is... Walk on, walk on, with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. On Wednesday night at our Bible study, the subject we looked at was the subject of hope. The hope that we as Christians have in Jesus Christ. Now, one of the Bible passages that reminded us of this hope was found in 1 Peter chapter 1. It was verse 3 and 4. And there we read, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So he has given us this living hope. And as we walk on in this hope, we do not walk alone. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. There's a verse there. It's verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I know that many of you will have heard and probably know the poem Footprints in the Sand. It speaks of a person who sees two sets of footprints as he walks, one his and the other God's. Now at some points he only sees one set of footprints and he's wondering then why God has left him to walk alone. Now the last verse of the poem explains why at times there were only one set of footprints. This is what the last verse says. He whispered, My precious child, I love you. I will never leave you, never, ever, during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Now this poem, we're not sure who wrote it, but this poem is probably based on what God had said to his people Israel as they travelled through the desert. And we find that in Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 31. And in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son, all the way you went until you reached this place. You see, 
God walked with his people. We read a little bit about that in Joshua chapter 3. How about a verse from the Christmas story? Well, Christmas is not that far away anyway. It's, uh, it's only just gone. But you know, it's good to refer to these verses. And this is Matthew 1, verse 22, 23. You will have heard it many times over these past few weeks. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us as he has been with his people. This brings us to a line from Ferry Cross the Mersey. The line is, so Ferry Cross the Mersey, because this land's the place I love, and here I'll stay, and here I'll stay, and here I'll stay. Now, when you cross the River Mersey on the ferry, you will hear those words as the song is played over and over again on the boat's tannoy system. This is as you cross from one side to the other. Now, we on the Liverpool side, we refer to those on the other side as those who live over the water. Now, when I was a lad, the other side was known as the posh side. That was the desired place to live over the water on the posh side. You see, a river can be crossed, but a, a river can also divide. I want us this morning to consider not the Mersey, but another river. Another river that actually still flows today. Now, this river starts 1,700 feet above sea level. And it runs down to 1,300 feet below sea level. That is with a descent of 3,000 feet. The river is 156 miles long. It runs north to south. It runs through the Lake of Galilee and then on into the Dead Sea. You probably guessed it by now. The river is the River Jordan. But did you know this? The word Jordan means the descender. Now, come with me back to the time when God was with his people as he led them out from slavery in Egypt, as he guided them through the wilderness and then delivered them safely into the promised land. That's one of the sections we read this morning. That's found Joshua chapter 3, verse 14 through to 17. So verse 13. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Right, let's just stop for a moment. Think about this. They reached the River Jordan, a barrier, a barrier between them and the promised land. It was deep and it was wide and it was probably fast flowing. But they were not alone. The Ark of the Covenant was with them. God was with them. Let's read on in verse 14. Now the Jordan is in flood all during harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. Right, let's just stop there. The feet of the priests have just touched 
the water's edge. This is important information because it confirms that at this time of year, the river, as we've said, was deep. The river was wide. That remind you of the chorus? Deep and wide. Well, this river was deep and wide. It was in full flow. And we read that the priests who carried the ark exercised their faith in God and stepped into the water. Now we read on in verse 16. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam and the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water's flowing down to the Sea of Araba, that is, the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. Now, there's a lot of geographical information there. You can check that out on a map of Israel and you'll see that it's true. And we saw that as the river stopped flowing, the water piled up, leaving what experts tell us might have been a 20 to 30 mile stretch of dry riverbed. It wasn't just a little path. It was wide enough to accommodate all that were going to go across. This was a miracle. And the miracle was that God had removed the barrier. And we read on. So, the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Now, it's estimated that there would have been, at this time, in the region of about three million people who crossed over. That's a lot of people. Verse 17. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. God was with them. He was there in their midst in the strategic position and God held back the water and he stayed with them until they crossed over. And then he travelled on with them. And then the water would have returned. God was with them. God is with us. Now the River Jordan is sometimes seen as a picture of death, with Canaan a picture of heaven, and the crossing over is crossing over from death into heaven. As the people crossed over, into the promised land from the wilderness. Now Hebrews 11 verse 9, 10 says this, and it's speaking about Abraham here. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Just think about that. Abraham is looking beyond. Canaan was the promised land for the Israelites. But that was only part of the journey. A journey that would eventually end in God's kingdom. That is heaven. There's a passage that we 
Read earlier, 1 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope. That's that living hope again. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's how we come into it, from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven. That's the end of the journey that Abraham is looking for. In this passage, we have the living hope as we walk towards the promised land, the land which is the place that we love and where we will stay, that is, eternity. John 5, verse 24. Verily, very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. The crossing over is through the way that Jesus has opened up for us. Sin and death have been defeated. So Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 30, uh, 55, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? You see, that Comment from Paul is based on the things that we're looking at this morning. In that real hope that we have. In that inheritance which is ours. Now the River Jordan is also a type of judgment. Judgment against sin. The barrier between God and man. The barrier that has been removed so that the crossing can be made. The removal of the barrier allowing the forgiven sinner to cross over so that they can enter into their promised home as a citizen in God's kingdom. Let's go to another few verses from Paul in Romans 6, verse 4 and 5. We were therefore buried with him through the baptism of death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death, like this we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Great verses. What about us here this morning? You know, we're still in this life. We still have the problems this big problem of COVID-19 and all the problems, maybe loneliness, depression, feeling alone. You see, there are still battles to be fought in this, but in this, our heavenly standing, standing as we continue in our journey to our final destination. When I was thinking about these things, the words of that, uh, I think Jim Reeves had a hit with it. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. I'm sure many of you will be familiar with those words. As the Israelites faced the barrier of the River Jordan, there's a question, who removed it? Well, you have come back now because of what we've been looking at and saying, God did. Oh, great. Why? Well, because God was with them. What we're talking about us today. What's our barrier? 
Well, our barrier is Sinscrape barrier. And, you know, when I put these things together and preparing for them, songs always come in my mind, sometimes to the children's choruses, you know, show me the way through Sinscrape barrier. You know, it's so high, you can't get over it. It's so wide, you can't go around it. So low, you can't go under it. This great barrier of sin. Who has removed that for us? Well, the answer's the same. God has. Let's go back to the Jordan. You know, on that day, Christ was standing between God's people and God's judgment. Just as he stood holding back the river Jordan, Jesus is God with us as he can hold back the barrier of sin. We read about the Ark of the Covenant. What was that? That was God with them. The Ark representing Jesus, representing Christ, his perfect humanity, his perfect deity. We looked at that when we did our study through the, 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 the tabernacle. And the wood that was used in the tabernacle and in the Ark of the Covenant was a representation of the, the humanity of Jesus. But when it was overlaid with gold, it spoke of his humanity and deity together. Emmanuel and the solid gold mercy seed spoke of his deity. The tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, they were in the ark, they were unbroken. Absolute obedience of Jesus to the law. The manna that God gave was in the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus, the bread of life, the provider, and also Aaron's rod that spoke of the power of the priesthood of who Jesus is. Emmanuel is God with us. And it's Jesus who stood there as those Israelites crossed the river with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's the same Jesus who has removed the barrier of sin. God with them, and God with us. Like the Israelites, we're being made aware of God's judgment here. hope you realise that. Like the Israelites, we are being made aware of God's ability to deliver his promise, to deliver and to save us from the power of sin. So, we are made aware of God's judgment. We are made, made aware of his ability to deliver his promise, to deliver and save us from sin. Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, just as the ark entered first, and the priests and the people, they put their trust in God and stepped into the water. So Jesus prepares the way for us to cross from death to eternal life. John 4, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, 
if we've not already done this, why? Because if we haven't, our need is that we put our trust in Him, in Jesus. How? By taking the step of faith. As we walk with Him through the barrier of sin, the sin that separates us from God, and as we walk through with Him into God's presence. The crossing of the Jordan is an illustration to us as we walk and as we make our journey from sin to salvation. As a question, have you taken that step of faith? Our prayer is that if you haven't, you will. And you can do it right now. Just by accepting Jesus as your saviour, acknowledging before him your sin, the sin that separates, but acknowledging that when he died on the cross, he removed the barrier, the door was open, and all we have to do is walk through. And if you have, then God is with you, and he always will be. You will walk alone, and you have that home that you can love, that land where we will be with him forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we've looked at your word and we know that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you can speak louder than I can speak. And it's your voice that can be heard. And our prayer is that it will be heard. But not only that, when your voice is heard, the response will be that we will take your hand and go forward with you through this life into eternity. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.